Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. My title tonight is Imagination, Reclaiming Your Imagination. So for most of us, um, this has been a generation of understanding more about the mind than any other generation previous to you. You should really thank the Lord because one of the things he said was to renew your mind, but we didn't even know what that meant. We didn't know how we wanted it. And so we did more religious activities in attempt to make our mind conform. And I think Chrissy said it really well on Sunday that we developed all of these, the words elusive to me right this second. Um, Yeah, behavior modifications. I knew if I just paused that you would tell me. Behavior modifications, and and those are forms of religion. Now, I would just say that, you know, it's better to be moral and good, you know, even if it's a behavior modification, right? But there's a freedom in Jesus that is beyond behavior modifications. And I propose to you that it's the love of him when I realize how much he loved, then it's my response with love that it's that reciprocal love going back that transcends all behavior modifications. Then I see other people in a way and I protect what he's called me to protect. You know, I had an interesting conversation this week with someone and we were talking about different, um, you know, causes that are in the world now. You know, we were getting coffee at her new favorite place, Black Rifle. And I was thinking, you know, some people may not like that because it's got the gun in it. And, you know, of course, Mendel, she had a good response to that. But, um, But I started thinking about how different people have different causes and I realized for myself, I think my cause, if I would say I had a cause, is to protect the standard of Jesus, no matter where that is. And I, you know, how many feel like, don't, don't, you don't have to raise your hands, but if you really, really feel strongly that you know you have this desire to protect the standard of Jesus. Well, see, you're going to be presented with opportunities that you have to stand up for something right, even in the midst of people not understanding that, because there'll be something come up within you. You know, I had that on the on a job site this week I went to, and I had this thing come up in me, and I realized that I needed to protect what God was doing more than protecting this entity that was working there. And, and there's, there's just moments in time as you discover your destiny, your destiny is going to be more about you understanding what you need to protect within your own calling more than just anything else. It just becomes a way of life. Like this isn't God right here and I need to insert God. And it looks different. You know, we, we, Christianity 
has claimed a road of allowance that created a way for people to hate Christianity. Because then people of the world had a greater standard for their cause than we did for our cause. There's a cause for Jesus. Jesus is the cause you're all signed up for. Not guns or meat or, you know, chickens or whales or bottles. I don't know. There's a million causes out there. Are you following me? And so if I want the freedom of the Holy Spirit to, to flow through me, then I have to carry his standard in all things. I cannot, I just can't emphasize it enough. I can't use fear and act like I know Jesus. I'm just telling you, they don't, they serve a different God. And so part of our ability to understand how he moves and shifts and how he speaks where we don't get all seized up and triggered and right. Anybody been triggered this week? Well, it's no fun to be triggered because you're checked out during the trigger. Agreed? Agreed? And so my hope for you is live trigger free. Some of you need to be triggered and you you're oblivious because your emotions are all shut down so you we got all kinds of spectrums of people and more and all people are going to be coming with these different spectrum and so i wanted to start out tonight with a couple of fun things that i found today the first one is a little slide and it says before the truth can set you free you must realize which lies are holding you hostage Now, everybody in here believes the truth sets us free, right? I mean, it's in the Word, right? Have you had someone... I met a guy this week, and I was trying to give him some truth. But he was resistant to truth. What do we do when we're resistant to truth? We defend what we already did when someone's really not asking us that. Right? If you have... If you have someone in your life that has the courage to tell you truth, you should thank them. It takes, especially for, how many know they're hard to tell truth to? So if somebody comes to you and wants to tell you truth, it's good to know who you you are, what you're working with. You're working with you. Right? Right? And so if someone has the courage to break through you know, a good cleric's real hard to tell truth to. A couple of them raise their hands. More clerics should have raised their hands in the room. They're the hardest to tell truth to because why? Part of their DNA, part of their personalities, they think they're right. right and they're wrong. And so what's hard with that is that they're right in their world. But in the world, they're not. It doesn't mean they're never right, they're never good, they never make good decisions. But for the majority of the time, as we're growing in our maturity, we're happening on people, especially, you know, people who happen on, who like people, you know, they happen on people a lot. So part of of our awareness, have you ever met someone that wasn't self-aware? Remember when you weren't self-aware? 
It's weird, isn't it? Because you can see everything in everybody else. It's right that this part of the issue with being unself-aware is that we see stuff in everybody else, blind to our own self. I'm gonna talk about that tonight too. Um, so that's part of what we're gonna talk about tonight is actually seeing what's holding us hostage. Now, see, let me just help you. Right now, I could tell every one of you in this room what's holding you hostage. It's blaringly obvious. Okay? So that means it's not a secret like you think. And so it's my love for you. It's, it's part of the call in my life to, to shine the love of God on a place where you're in bondage. And what are you in bondage to? Fear. You're not, you're not surrendered to love. You're in bondage to fear. And man, it's miserable. And I've been there. That's how I can recognize it. And so part of what I hope you'll begin to develop is just a, a more relaxed understanding that when someone has the courage to say, hey, this is like you're at a two and you could be at a 10, and here's a couple of small steps to get you at a 10. I'm going to give you some actual steps tonight. Then it's an opportunity to partner with love. It is. It's not an opportunity for someone just to expose how horrible you are, because we've already crossed that bridge. We are inherited children of God. We are not horrible. We are amazing. We can do anything. We can do so much without God. Think of what we could do with Him. And I prefer to do stuff with Him, because as I said a few weeks ago, everything He does is amazing, and it's eternity-driven. And it, and he, since He hid eternity in, within you, that's a good partnership. Agreed? So one of the reasons why that I picked the book that y'all started on this year by Erwin McManus is a couple of lines from his book. Before I get to my slides, let me read you one of his statements that made me choose this book. He says, how we are loved as children influences our capacity. This was in the first chapter. You've already read it. Influences our capacity to believe in God in our adulthood. How many agree? How many agree? So that influenced you. So what? what's another word for that? It molded you. Yes. Right? How many were raised by two spirit-filled parents? Okay. So it's rare then, right? How many were raised by parents that knew their purpose and were doing it? It's another zero. Okay. How many were raised by people who absolutely love God and breathed over you with encouragement and purpose and told you you could do anything. That's just probably me, maybe Jack Boone. So, so two people in my life told me that in some way. So that means you're now going to have to have a parent that do that does it, that do that for you. That's what you need. That's what you're in need of. And a parent knows when to say yes and knows when to say no, knows what you are mature enough to handle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's good, right? Yeah. And so he went on to say this, if we are raised to be open-minded, curious, and inquisitive. How many were raised like that? Open-minded, curious, inquisitive. Not a lot of hands again. We will have less fear and be less resistant 
to mystery and certainty. Uh -huh, transcendent. It's that uncertainty, isn't it, that messes us up? How many are messed up by uncertainty? There you go. But when our experiences as children convince us that people cannot be trusted, how many had that? Look, we got lots of hands on that. We should not be surprised to find ourselves resistant to trust. Now, tonight, I want to remake your imagination of trust. That's where I find most of y'all are in the biggest struggle. It really it just comes down to that. And man, don't you hate it? Don't you wish you didn't have distrust? Don't you wish that when someone thought of a great idea, you didn't think of all the problems that could possibly happen with that great idea? That's all mistrust. That's all that is, is mistrust. Because the weird thing about God is that He made you to take risks. They're only risks to you. They're the promise to Him. They're the destiny to Him. You're the one that thinks it's risking the biscuit. I mean, remember, I mean, like, Mendel will risk the biscuit wearing those socks right there, you know? She didn't want me to point that out either. But, you know, I had to reassure her. She got confirmation from her other fashion guru that they were cool. So we're good now. But, you know, I know you wear anything now. It doesn't match. I know. So, see, here we are. We're, re we're resistant. We've already had that conversation. We're resistant to ever trusting God that we cannot see and we do not know. Right? Yes. Listen, whether you feel this, there's a whole world out there that feels this. Yes. Everybody you run into feels this. If you don't understand how they feel, you can't reach them. <laughs> if we find ourselves the victims of deep pain, disappointment, and disillusionment, anybody had those? When we're young, these two become significant to contributors to our spiritual development. So when I read that, I was like, okay, that's, that's, we want to solve that problem. Yes. I want to solve that problem. Yes. Do you and other people? I really want to solve that problem. I think it's possible. I have proof in this room of people that you breathe on and speak to, you correct, you encourage, you do all the stuff, balance out a big square of balance of goodness can actually change, can come out of a childhood filled with deep pain, disappointment, and disillusionment, and they can actually find their purpose. And the greater thing is that they can do it with great joy, and then it relieves all of that other stuff. And honestly, at some point in y'all's life, you'll get to the place where you're like, dang, that's why the enemy did that. Oh, he's an idiot. I mean, he's an idiot because, I mean, and see, you, you, we don't get to decide how we need the training. I mean, we would pick other things. We would pick, let's get trained. Some of us would pick, let's get, they, they got the bed training. Let's just get trained in the bed, right? Lazy, right? Somebody else would pick workaholic, right? They would work themselves the death, right? And it never be enough and be mad at every, right? There's it. We have these different approaches to solve the same problem. And so the other thing that he said that I want to, uh, talk about tonight this is my first slide. I think after this one. Yeah. Um, imagination, he said, had been my way of escape. Now 
was his means of creativity. Now that's that's what God wants to change in us this year. Now I don't know about you, but I get excited at the beginning of the year because I think I can make everything happen in a month. I mean, I'm thinking we're, I mean, you got this word on Sunday done. We're done. And then I realize, oh, no, <laughs> we still have a few things that, you know, that triggered us, you know, when we heard the word creativity. Didn't you love how she described that it's a little bit more than pens and markers? Didn't you love that comment? That made me happy. So think about it. My imagination, I can never turn off. I, I like this, uh, see, well, let's jump down to uh, slide 15. This is Randall Worley. You know, he's my buddy, right? Yeah. Now, I like this. this. Listen to what he says. Can you ever have peace of mind? Your mind can be your enemy or your friend. I agree with others who say peace of mind in many ways is an oxymoron. Mind and peace are literally conflicting terms. Peace of mind is probably the most overused or misused term when it comes to happiness. The mind, unlike our bodies, is restless and in constant motion. When you're in your mind, you're hardly ever at peace. And when you're at peace, you're never only in your mind. I love this line. Buddhists believe that the human mind is filled with drunken monkeys flinging themselves from tree branches, swinging from one branch of thought to the next, and chattering nonstop. That's your mind. Agreed? You're a Buddhist then. No, I'm just kidding. So all we have to have is agreement, right? Don't you love that line they came up with, though? Your mind rehearses its fears, both real and imaginary. Your mind recalls hurtful things that have happened in the past. Your mind creates disastrous what-if scenarios in the future. Cece mentioned that on Sunday. Peace, though, is a person, not just attaining a state of mind. If you could get this one thing... This is going to really help you with your mind, that thing you struggle with so much. Don't you hate it when you're up, when you come to church and you feel so good and you walk right out, you maybe don't even make it to the car, and you're just barraged with a whole bunch of really negative thoughts. Anybody have that ever happen? Why is that happening? Yeah, there's, our minds are what God deemed really important to re- Make, renew. It's a reword. So that means he made provision. It was it's a target of his heart to teach you to be able to keep focused the things of Jesus on your mind. I hope tonight I will help you do that. Peace is one of the most priceless aspects of our inheritance. And we learned about our inheritance all last year. That was just an opportunity for, for you to know what's available. Yeah. 
So, so Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We need peace. Can't buy it. Right? How many know they need it? How many have ever had it? Do you like it? How does it feel when it leaves? Okay, well, see, he didn't leave. So something stepped in that I became focused on greater than the Prince of Peace. That's all it is. Let's make it, let's just make it simple what it really is. We just, we just changed our gaze to something else. Probably something someone said over us one time. I mean, if you had critical parents, that little cassette tape plays in your head all the time. You regurgitate it. When you tell, when you read a book, the thing you talk about the most is probably the thing that happened that you still haven't gone over that someone said about you that didn't even know who you were. Does anybody agree? So then we, we still are trying to get an answer. For something that's in our mind that was actually never true. That's why you can't find an answer for it. This is how the enemy does it. I know him really well. He throws a seed of thought in there that has nothing to do with you. Just to turn your gaze enough. I'm going to prove it to you here in a minute. Enough to be like, oh. And then he attaches other events to it. This is his process yes. that really are, are independent. Yes. 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 And then we sort of build a case. Yes. We're working with him. Do you yes. get this? Because yes. see, Jesus is over here saying, listen, I'm, I'm the dude with the peace. Yeah. Right. I got the purpose. I got the provision. I got the identity. We're supposed to be getting married soon. I mean, like, we're supposed to be in love with yeah. each other. So... There shouldn't be any interaction here between us about how horrible you are. Because you're the apple of my eye. I'm like crazy about you. I mean, you just read, I mean, read Psalm, I mean, a Song of Psalms 4 for a couple of days. And you'll get how he feels about you. Now, as a bride-like person, then I'm just like, I believe him. That's how he feels about me. Like when I, whether I feel like it or not, I just say, Jesus, I love you. I just really need you. You know, I've taught myself to do it in the middle of not wanting to tell Jesus I love him and I need him. Some of us want to wait until we feel like telling him. But whether or not I tell him when I feel like it or I tell him when I don't, or I just, just when I tell him, whenever it happens, that's, he's, he's into that. And he'll reciprocate with love. But when I spend all my time telling him how horrible I am and somebody done me wrong song, verse 450, and I tell him, you know, how I got left out and rejected and on and on and on, then he's like, but that's not us. We got this different relationship. I don't know if you know it. Right? Peace is one of the most priceless aspects of our inheritance. This is the verse he quotes. I leave the gift of peace with you. So it's a gift, my peace. He left it with us. It's not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but it's perfect peace, right? That's that word shalom. It's a lot of goodness in one word. So don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. 
So when I was thinking about this today, I, I thought about, you know, a couple of things I've been reading re- recently. See, well, let's do 13. Um, there's this, uh, this quote on here. I can't remember who it's from now, but joy is not a byproduct of happiness. Happiness does not bring joy. Most people don't realize that joy is an untapped reservoir. Joy is the potential to look beyond all the random happenings of life and to look inward and to see what's inside of us. What's inside you? Yes, the Godhead is inside you. So when I'm looking at me and I'm looking at what he made in me, these things he wants to operate together. My mind and my imagination, I believe that they're two separate things, but let's don't get into that to mess you up. But I believe that I have the ability to think with my imagination, to use my imagination with my mind to think about something and change how I feel. That's what I believe. So I wanted to give you some examples from my life. Um, you know, a couple of things I was thinking about today that, um, and I kind of mentioned on Sunday, but it's about things in life are about my motive to do them. So like I said on Sunday, if I have the motive to perform or to do a task or to do something or to be in a relationship or to go to work or whatever, where it's a function of me doing something. In order to figure out who I am, to figure out my identity, to let an entity outside of me that's not God identify me, tell me who I am. Now, see, it's a product of a fatherless society, but that's what's happened is that we're letting outside entities, not God, define us. And so then... What I do out of my doing, my performance, let's just use that word, is to get someone to approve of my doing. That's what happens in work. It happens in performances. It happens everywhere in everything in society. I'm either doing something for you to tell me you're okay with me, or I'm doing something from a place that I know who I am and I'm supposed to change something. And see, when I... I'm doing things for the approval or disapproval of others. I will alter myself by whoever I'm in relationship that has a hierarchy of authority to me. So if I get a really cool job and I want to look really good for the boss, I will modify my behavior to make sure that I am approved of by them. Now see in and of itself, our motivation should, to do a good job should be because of what lives in me, a standard of excellence within me that I would do it whether there was a boss there or not. Yeah. I would be self-motivated by my internal standard above getting approval. It's the same way relationally. If I'm asked to do or serve here at One Life and do a task, if within myself I'm just filling up a gap or I'm just filling a hole and I'm not overseeing what I'm actually performing. Yeah. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Then I won't do it to make it go and make it better. I'll do it at the level that someone can see me improve of. Yeah. 
It's a game changer if you will change this in your life. If you'll say, I already know who I am. God has planted me and has assigned me things and places and stuff to do. Agreed? Then I'm here on assignment. I don't get to just leave or check out or not show up or whatever because I'm here on an assignment. I'm not here to see what I can, what's the least I can do and get away with it. I'm here to be trained. I'm here on assignment. I'm here being trained by the Father to do what I only see Him doing. And that's the opportunity He gives all of us every day. It's a really cool thing. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. So what happened to me in my past or what someone said about me in my past or the identity they gave me before shouldn't matter now that I've stepped into this new assignment. And the movement in the assignment only occurs as I please the assignment. See, I hear this all the time. People, they just want to be the boss somewhere. And I'm like, well, you don't even know what it's like to be the boss. You don't even understand the weights and responsibility. You're really saying, I feel like I deserve more than the the level I'm at right now. And that's not up to me. Come on. That's it. Right? And so we'll be miserable. I'm telling you, you will be miserable at whatever level you are with that kind of attitude. Yeah. So I was thinking today about one thing I wrote down that he said, if you can define where you are, you can determine a route to move into a different place. How many want to stay where they are right now for the next two months? Two weeks. I mean, you're good. You're just good right now. You're golden. I know y'all wouldn't raise your hand for nothing. <laughs> but see, I believe that God planted within me a desire to see more of why he put me here accomplished. I just believe that. I've had that my whole life. I've never walked away from God. I've never rebelled against him. I've always desired to please him. I've always been wanting to do my destiny. I've always been wanting to find it. I've always been wanting, I mean, that's just all, that's all I've ever known. I didn't have a time where I was like, Hey, I think I'll just go do my own thing without God. I never had that. So I was thinking today that I, I tend to forget the years I spent in fear. And so today I was trying to think about them a little intently because it's been so long. But one of the things that um, I was thinking about was a couple of scriptures just to back me up a little bit. But Proverbs twelve five it says, The thoughts and purposes of the consistently righteous are just, honorable, reliable, but the counsels and schemes of the wicked are deceitful. And I looked up that word thought, and it, the definition of it was a device, plan, or invention. And so right there, that thought, that helped me because I thought, yeah, my thoughts have been righteous my whole life. So my inventions, my creativity, my imagination has forever been wanting to build up the knowledge of who he is. That's just been so, so my, when I wake up in the morning my intentions and thoughts and purposes 
or how can I make it easier or more clear or more accessible or more available for people to find their purpose? It's the motivation, right? Now, I might have to go design a kitchen or I might have to, I had to go lay some tile with Shooty this week and Muha. I may have to do something else, but the intention is I'm always thinking about that. That's always going to be my go-to, my why. So I'm looking for opportunities to train me, train them, train whoever into what? Into more capacity to just do that. Are you with me? So um, let's just read a couple more scriptures about that. Proverbs 15, 22. Without consultation and wise advice, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they are established and succeed. In the Passion, it says your plans will fall apart right in front of you if you fail to get good advice. But if you seek first multiple counselors, wow, multiple. So glad that there's a place that offers that. You'll watch your plan succeed. Now, what makes somebody have wisdom? Do you... Do you think we're going to run over to Rolly and ask him what's a good percentage to buy a car, a new car? You know, he's probably not going to be our wise counselor. Right? Right? Right. See, it's really important who you pick. Let me just help you. Some of y'all are picking a bunch of Rollies to help you with something that's beyond his level and you don't even know it. Everybody's got an opinion. Just because somebody has an opinion and you ask them, don't make them wise. Listen to me. It's really important who you speak to because, see, for every opinion you gain, you have to do something with it. Once you gain the opinion, you either reject it or adhere to it. You get a bunch of them, right? Let's take Mendel's socks, for instance. So she could have come to me and asked me about her socks, and then she could have went to Lenny, and she could have went to Shooty, she could have went to 10 more people, and maybe everybody wouldn't have the same opinion. Why? Fashion is just an opinion. Right? Right? There's so many things in life that way. Right? Right? But there's some things that are the standards of God. Those are immovable. And if we don't seek standards of the kingdom, it may be successful for a short time, but it will fail. Because the world's ways don't have the capacity to be sustainable. That's what's going on with divorce. Right? You just get two people together that are unequally yoked, and there's no standard, and it won't. It can't last because it's the hardest thing. Why is marriage hard? Because you got two people have completely two different viewpoints, two different personalities, two different genders getting together trying to be equal and agree on stuff. It's tough, right? Yeah. Right. That's why marriage was the example of Jesus loving the church. Yes. Okay, we don't have time for that. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. 
So that's what it's like to be in charge of your own imagination. Anybody want to sign up? I don't know about you, but I got tired of waking up one day and feeling different than I wanted to feel. Now, I was really young when I discovered these truths, but I want to kind of break it out for you. I have a little exercise called Let's Get Practical, okay? So, in my life, I had one um, reoccurring feeling that I would have. And the feeling was that I would be in financial ruin. And it would reoccur. Anybody ever, you don't have to raise your hand. And I began to know that that wasn't God. Because it would bring a lot of fear. I mean, like it would take my breath away kind of fear. Anybody have that? Now, some people don't have that about money. And you got it about something else. And I began to think, wow, you know, this can't be true. And so I would... Um, I, I did a lot of exercises back then, but today my exercise was that I wrote down what my true concern was about finances. And th- this is it in a nutshell to me, that I wouldn't have enough energy to work enough to produce what my destiny deserved. Wow. That's my true fear financially. And... Whenever this happened to me years ago, of course, whenever I began to realize I needed to break out, that was so debilitating because it made me make choices with my finances that were outside my design. Because I knew my design. I knew I could see the big picture. I knew I didn't care about taking risk. I knew I could see 10 steps out in advance. I've been able to do that since I was a little girl. My mom would describe when I was four and five and six years old. My dad would be out working in the car, and I could tell him the next three tools that he would need. I, that's just a thing that people have. It's just a gift. And so I've been able to do that. I can see it for people's lives. I can see, you know, I can see Aaron. I can see 10 steps ahead of his life. I can see shooting. I can see, because I, that, that thing within me is within them. We're, both, we're all brides, and we have this thing that compels us to, and I get them, and I get all of y'all, but I'm just using them as an example. Yeah. So I begin to think, okay, well, this doesn't line up with God. And so today my exercise was, I think I wrote down some steps for you here um, on these slides. The first one was I begin to think of a repeated struggle where I had lies and doubts. So that's what I did. I'm just using it as an example today. I was like, okay, I've had in the past when I did this exercise, I didn't have these little steps. Okay. So I'm giving them to you now. And so the first thing I said was I, I, I asked the Holy Spirit where did it originate. That's my the second step. And so I'll put these slides on Evernote. And so... What I did years ago, and it's number three, is I wrote out the belief that, I've de- that I had developed from that lie. Living in my imagination. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it lives. Yes. Wow. Yes. It lives right there. And it's taken up, for some of y'all that are older, 
It's taken up shop. It's got its own bedroom and furnishings. And y'all go in there and change out the carpet every year. You sweep the bedroom every year, but you don't ever tear it down. You don't ever take it captive like it's it's against you. Like it's at war in your every member. Now, what I did, and I wrote it down today in number four, is you've got to discover the word. The word is the breaker of the lie. Just having a bunch of good little thoughts ain't going to be enough. This is a deep-seated lie. So let me tell you what I did. Mine started right here. I began to read this scripture, Luke 6, 38. Give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. And the measurement of your generosity becomes the measurement of your return. And I decided I would believe that. And so now, when that feeling comes up with me, because it still does, when we moved into this building, that feeling was right there. What the heck do you think you're doing? You're going to lose the cows. <laughs> Nobody's going to keep paying. They're not going to, they all committed, and they're not going to, they're not going to do it. I mean, that's the thought. I wake up with it at 2.30 in the morning, and I say, who can I give to? I'll usually buy Mendel a shirt or something because I have to buy somebody something that doesn't even really want it. I know she don't even want it. I have to activate that gift. I have to give somebody a job. I have to do something to activate within me that I believe that scripture more than I'm going to lose the cows. Because see, here's the very next verse. Jesus said, what happens... When a blind man pretends to guide another blind man, they both stumble into a ditch. See, that scripture is what motivates my life. Because if I'm afraid to lose the cows, I'm blind. Wherever your fear lives, you're blind. Wherever your fear lives, it speaks and it's blind. And if you're not careful, you'll grow old and you'll give advice and you'll call it wisdom. And it's really fear cloaked and that you're afraid you're going to lose the cows. Because he said, how could the apprentice know more than his master for only after he's fully trained and qualified will he be at that level? See, my goal is to stay so far ahead of you you got to chase me. I want, I mean, I know Shooty is hard on my heels, man. And I see her every day. She's coming into her own. She's coming into Isaiah 41. Listen to this, 41. Don't yield to fear, for I'm with you. I'm near. Never turn your gaze from me. That's the key. That's the key to changing your imagination is because, see, I can turn my gaze over to the cows anytime. I know that whole story. I know that whole lifestyle. I know every decision that comes with that. I know everything about what it looks like to not have food. I've known it as an adult. But see, it says don't look around 
don't be frightened because I'm the faithful God. He says, don't, when you begin, I love that commentary there. He says, when you begin to look off away from God, you'll see all your fears. And when I gaze at my fears, they will come to pass. Because when someone says and says, hey, I got an investment for you, you'll say, oh, no, let me, let me look at those cows first. I'm pretty sure the cows are speaking. I'm pretty sure that past experience is speaking louder than the faith I need to take a risk to what? To do, to, to let it run over on me. The generosity is trying to run over on me. The rest of that verse says, I will infuse you with strength. So that answered my question. <clears throat> I have this weird thing going on in my body. And when I go to bed, I wake up real happy. It don't no matter how tired I went to bed. I mean, I, I have worked so hard on this building and so hard on this flip and so hard on their house and this other house and this other house, this other house, because God blessed us so much last year. A lot. I have gone to bed thinking I would die in my sleep because I was so tired this year. And just to wake up the next day and do it again. I have gone to bed with everything, you can ask Lynn, everything on my body hurting. Shuffling to the bathroom. Wake up the next day and I'm like, man, I can do this. I am infused with strength. And he says, I will help you in every single situation. So what's the footnote there? Be strong and brave in Deuteronomy 31. Don't tremble in fear because of them, the cows, or anybody else. Because the eternal, your God, is going with you, and he will never fail or abandon you. So see, that's what I need. That's my number four, right? So right in there, it, it answered all those questions. Would I have enough energy? Would I have enough work? Would I be able to do it? It handled that. It handles everything. The answer, my gaze has to be on him. For me personally, to live in financial freedom, my gaze has to be on him. So if I begin to get my gaze off, I get my checkbook out. No, you didn't get that. See, you have to have an action for your little brain, your little pea brain, to realize you are not really afraid. Because see, all that stepping back and fear and being scared, that's an action. And your brain's going, oh, that's what we really mean. That's what we really feel. That's how we really feel. We really feel that way. We're really scared that the cows are going to die. We really do. But see, when you give and you begin to thank God... I begin to envision that person with that shirt on. They're walking around. They're feeling good. Got their new boots on. Got their new hat on. I envision that, I, you know, I envisioned all this. See, because my imagination is spent, is leaning toward what he wants to do. Now, did we have enough money to pay for all this? No, but y'all do. That's what he does. We just build it and they come and he pays for it. That you've got to understand that process, especially I propose to you. If you have great fear financially, you're meant 
to handle great finances. Yeah. See, one of the things I, I do after that is I begin to imagine working with large sums of money. You know, when Pam and I started doing remodeling, our very first paying job was a relative of somebody. I can't even remember now. Was it? It was my sister-in-law's mother, would it? Um, my ex-sister-in-law's mother now. But we went to her house, and it was like a 2,500-square-foot house, and we painted every wall in that house, and we charged them like $200, $300, which is ridiculous. I'm just saying, even for that long ago. And we worked there probably for two weeks doing that, and we were like, we can't live on this. I mean, we sorely underbid this job because, I mean, we can't even eat on this. But from that day to this day, we have never, ever been without work. We would come home on a Friday, back in the day, and on the answering machine because we just had the little pager, you know. On the answering machine would be somebody, hey, can you do this for me? We would go give the bed on that Saturday, and we'd start to work on Monday. That, that happened like that for years. Now we're, you know, nine months out. But anyway, don't tell anybody. But <laughs> listen, listen. The, 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 thing, the thing you have to understand, I had to be able to see that I could handle large sums of money. If I was afraid of $200, $300, I mean, I remember walking into their house, my little hand was shaking just to handle this expensive invoice. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That little girl, she's dead and gone. Yeah. Now, I want, wait, I've got one more slide, don't I? So, practice using your God-given imagination to see what your life would look like if you lived by this truth. That's what I'm telling you right now. I begin to visualize that we weren't meant to just have a little painting job for $200. It's the same way. Every area of your life that the enemy has hijacked with smallness. I propose to you, it's a targeted area that you're meant to have great expansion in the kingdom. Yeah. Are you with me? Now, my other one is, my other lie that I grew up with was physical health stuff. And this is the th summary I wrote today, that I would suffer and die too early before I fulfilled what I wanted to do for God. And so... Oh, you know, every little pain, you know, every little, I mean, for years I thought I was going to have breast cancer and then I went through the heart attack years and then I went through the brain cancer years and then I went through, you know, crippling years where I cut all my limbs off and I, I went, you know, if you have health concerns, you have this going on. It's rampant. Anybody have health concerns? I mean, like it's going on all the time and every little pain is some big something. I mean, I went to the doctor. Can I have a little bit more water? Actually, I could just drink Mendel's. Um, I went to the doctor the other day, and it was just like, oh, so kind. Thank you. Oh, you don't have any either. Um, <laughs> I went to the doctor the other day, and I was telling her, listen, like, I'm having this little little stuff on my face. And it's like, no, I don't like this on my face, you know, because I've never had bad acne or anything. 
And I was telling her, because, you know, I'm on YouTube. I'm a YouTuber. Uh-huh. I did. I told her. Yeah. So she gave me some loche. And so, yeah. Be- yeah. So see, like that, but that would be rampant in my life. Looking for, are you with me? Now see, some of y'all are really subtle. I know them. But I want you to understand that you've got to discover what God really intended for you to do so you don't live subject constantly over and over to this low-level living that the cows might come home, the cows might die, whatever it is for you. And so, you know, I asked Cece today to do this little exercise with me, and so she has had these amazing, crazy dreams the last two nights. Like, it's mind-blowing me how crazy her dream life is, and she didn't even know I was going to talk about any of this. We have not even talked about what our next step was going to be with the Word of the Year or nothing. And so it's a, it's a crazy phenomenon that happens where she'll dream these out crazy dreams that don't seem to make any sense, but they go right along with this same thing he's trying to confirm. So I've asked her to come and share her little nugget about this whole exercise. But before she does... I want us to put this into practice, and I want to challenge you to discover your little areas that you have this concern, and really go to the Word, go to God, get with your mentor, discover the truth about who you really are, and if you'll do that, it'll really release you into freedom. Yes. I mean, we, I could never do any of the stuff that we are doing, moving into this building, the, doing what we do with Desrim, none of that if I had been stayed in bondage to these financial concerns. And so if you don't know it, you're in bondage, you're a slave, your imaginations, your creativity to imagine doing something else with your life has been stifled due to fear. If you'll discover it, you can break it, and you can, you can be free from it, and you can really have a good time then. Okay? All right. Come on, Mendel. That was some good steak, some good beef. I've never craved a steak so badly on a Wednesday night. <laughs> yes. Sounds so delicious right now. Some of those sautéed mushrooms and baked potato. Yeah. Yeah, let's go along with I'm sure they're still open. Well, um, I loved what when Tisa was giving me the rundown of what she just shared with you today. It was really exciting to me because I, I was excited to do it myself. And I want to encourage you by saying that it's not necessarily a quick four or five step process, however many steps she gave us there. But I did process this today with an, in response to some of the dreams that I had. But I wouldn't say that I got completely around the corner And I'm realizing that that's a good thing because we are trying to, we are talking about doing something on a deeper level than just a, oh, don't turn right instead of left. We are talking about doing something um, beyond just changing um, our behavior. And so like the example that Tisa shared about um, her financial fears, she doesn't just automatically give something just to make her and then tell herself, don't be afraid. It's actually a response that she has now after years 
of activating her imagination, of acting, activating her mind into agreement with the truth of the scripture. So right now it's a quick, almost one, two step for her, but it's, it's, that's a reflection of several steps practiced over and over and over and holding her mind and her thoughts accountable to what she found to be the truth and retraining her mind. And so, um, I, one of the, just as a, I just really want to encourage you to read the word over and over and over again, just be in in a search for scriptures that apply to the area that he talks to you about. Um, because you'll find that even if you don't find just one scripture, that's like the antidote, you'll find things that chip away at it over and over and find things that, um, that start to reshape your mind in truth, just like the things you said about, um, I think it's in Isaiah 41 that you shared that says that, um, I'll infuse you with my strength. Well, that was like a bonus word, a bonus word that she could then apply to the, the, the energy part of her fear, you know, but she wasn't looking for that one. And when I broke this process down with her using her example, the first Verse Luke 6 talked about her exact, um, it spoke to the financial part, right? But then the very next verse actually gave her even more motivation because she realized that it spoke to her motive, her overarching purpose in life. And she realized she didn't want to be a blind man, blind man leading other blind men. And so that gave her even more motivation to like, I've got to get this. I've really got to get this because I don't want to just change my behavior and remain blind because I could do that in the area of finances, but then I'd still be leading blind, being blind, leading other blind people. And then in, in the Isaiah 41, of course, it tells her how to do this. Keep your gaze on me. And then we've got the bonus. I'll infuse you with strength. So the word is going to give you more than you can imagine, and it will speak to things that you don't even realize are connected to your, your, your fear belief. Okay. And again, as she said, it's so important to correctly identify what you really believe, which a lot of this was reminding me of what we talked about with Caroline Leaf a year ago or so, how you have to really identify what you believe. A fear of finances could look very different than what she described. A fear of finances could look different in in one person to the next. So that's too broad. You've got to identify what your specific belief is. And I discovered today that the word will actually help you even uncover that. And so I haven't completely processed through the dreams that she mentioned yet. But one of the dreams I had, um, somebody in my life was making the ongoing accusations that I'd basically lost my mind and I was tired of it. I was fed up with it. Right. I was like, I'm so sick and tired of being accused of having lost my mind just because I've been made new and I've been redeemed and I've gotten healing and all that. So in my dream though, my reaction was interesting because I said, pick any person you want to. I'll talk to as many people as you want to. I'll go to any counselor you want to, any doctor, whoever, all the people you want me to talk to, I will talk to them and they can decide if I'm crazy or if I've lost my mind. Okay. And it was interesting to me when I looked back at that and I thought, well, why was that my go-to? Like, why was that going to be the answer to finally resolve this? 
It basically said that other people's opinions and assessment of me were going to have the final authority to settle this dispute. So that shows me in, in, in my, when I'm awake, right, in my right mind, I'm like, well, that's not a person's job. That's God's job is to have the authority to say with absolute what's true. And to, it's his job to judge me, not other people's. And so, um, so that dream actually uncovered and pointed to a wrong belief that I have. And um, I'm trying to remember the other dream now about the car. Yeah, that was the second point. But anyways, it's all, there's so many. It's, it's, I'm still in process, right? But um, what was cool was that I was, have been reading in Proverbs lately, and I just read a um, verse in Proverbs 14.10 that straight up says, don't expect other people to understand you. (laughs) I was like, wow, I did not know that was in there. And so the word was actually showing me, well, I must, I clearly have a problem because I have a big issue with being understood. I know I've had a fear in my life of not being understood. What if they don't understand me? I tell Tisa, what feels dangerous. That's the danger word, you know. It's dangerous if people don't understand me. Bad things can happen if they don't understand me. All sorts of bad things. All sorts of bad things. I could list them off, right? Based on someone understanding me. And here it says in the word, don't expect people to understand you. It's like, well, I clearly have a belief problem somewhere in there. And so then this dream is also pointing to that where I I clearly think that other people have the ability to define or have a a final authority from me. But then there's the understanding thing that they they can't understand me. So I went on a search today and found all sorts of, of scriptures. I'll see if I can go to my page here and find it, share some with you. I found all sorts of stuff that spoke to the fact that man doesn't have the ability to even understand my heart. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.11, After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? Okay, well, so I've heard that before, but I'm now I've got this specific belief in my mind that's a wrong belief, a lie. And so now I'm letting this speak directly to that. Um, and of course, Matthew seven, one, it says it actually, God's telling people don't do not judge or, and criticize or condemn others unfairly with an attitude of self-righteous superiority. Now we, that makes me, my original interpretation of that is don't be judgy thinking you're better than other people. Right. But then there's this other part that says, as though assuming the office of a judge. So he's in this verse. Jesus is telling people it's not your job to judge other people. And so why would my, so then my belief is wrong to even expect other people to be in that position. You know, um, John five twenty two says the father judges no one for he has given to the son all the authority to judge, which then just stirred up a whole nother thing. Right? So it's, um, my point is sharing that I'm not even around fully around the corner on this for me yet, but going to the word and asking for scripture that then I can continue to meditate on, continue to think on is going to help reshape my mind. And I'm going to get to partner with that in my imagination, like she said today. 
So another fun, uh, this is a, a short one, but I also had this dream um, last night that I was driving down the highway in this big old car from back in the day that had a V8 engine in it. My first car was like that. And I, if you've never had the privilege of driving one, it was a totally different experience because it was like, when people say it was driving like, like driving a boat, it wasn't because of the size, it was because it floated. Like you didn't feel the road. The engine was so powerful. You could steer it with one finger and, and you just barely tapped the gas and you flew. I mean, it was like a boat. So in that way. So I, in my dream, I'm driving in one of these yellow, it's a yellow car like that with the windows down and I'm flying down the highway, just, you know, feeling it. I'm like all happy and just completely peaceful and joyful feeling the wind in my hair in my yellow car. I saw somebody I knew and I just waved at them and then I hit the gas and I sped past everybody else and just living life, you know? And then uh, at some point in the dream, I realized I was ascending a hill and suddenly a fear came in that I don't know what's on the other side of this hill and what if I'm going too fast and what if I cause a wreck or something? I, I won't know how to, you know, what's over the hill. And so sure enough, I come over the hill and a big multi-car pileup happens. Well, as soon as it happened, all of a sudden this aunt of mine was on the scene and she was pulling, she ripped some paper that was somehow attached to my car out, like ripped it out, started drawing a diagram of the accident out for me saying, don't worry, I know what happened. And so she could tell me what caused the accident. And she was able to tell me that when I came over the hill, I actually was able to see fairly quickly that there was a curve in the road. And so I corrected my car and I was fine. But somebody else got scared on the road and swerved and caused an accident that I got caught up in. All to say, somebody was able to tell me, don't even go down that road. You didn't cause this accident. You were doing what you were called to do. You know, just you were driving your car. And so yellow, I looked it up and yellow on the positive um, side represents hope and mind. And so that I knew that was Papa talking to me about my design. I'm supposed to just freely operate in hope. And the negative, yellow and the negative actually represents fear. And so when, uh, when I get into fear, that pointed again to one of my, my fears and my, that I've had in my life and really struggled with is that I'm going to cause a problem. I'm going to do something. I'm so, I've been off, I've operated in prevention, prevention mode so much because I'm so afraid that I'm going to cause a, a problem. For somebody around me, cause a mess, something like that. I'm going to mess it up. So fun verse, just to get me started on that one, right? That I'm going to cause a problem if I operate freely in my design. Um, I love it. Proverbs 14.4 says, the only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox and to en enjoy an abundant harvest, You'll have a mess or two to clean up. <laughs> so that, again, you know, that speaks to if you want to actually not bury your talent in the ground and you actually want to enjoy the abundant life, you're going to have to take some risks. You're going to have to invest. You're going to have to do some things. And don't worry about it because you'll have a mess or two to clean up. But that's the process of actually operating 
in your design and producing things. And, and that's how you get the abundance. And so, you know, these are just little things. So far, they're little verses, but they all come together to chip away at some wrong beliefs. And I trust that they're going to continue to help rebuild my mind to know. So the next time I have a decision about whether or not to operate freely in my gift and just go with it in my yellow car, you know, then then I'll remember this. Like, no, it's okay. I don't have to stop myself because this is how you do things in the kingdom is operate in your design. So don't be worried about you accidentally making a mess. It happens on occasion and it will be okay. And so, so I'm going to continue to pursue it. And, um, along the way, I found all sorts of other stuff today too, that just spoke to other aspects that of the past that, um, have contributed to this belief. And so one of the reasons I, we did want, I wanted to share this, even though I don't have it completely around the corner is that it's a process and that it's not going to happen in a direct formula way. But if you'll really invest in it and invest in discovering what your wrong belief is, what the lie is specific for you, and then take the time repeatedly and just go through it with the Holy Spirit to let the word speak to you and to to give you those truths to, to start reshaping it. And they, and then imagine it, like she said, so I'm going to be imagining being in my yellow car. That's one reason I love dreams is because it literally gives you a picture in your mind that you can recall, you know? And so, um, Papa has been speaking to me that way in, in various ways that I'm, I'm, I'll hang on to those images from my dream as promises to know what they mean for me. So, Papa, we just want to say thank you for today. Thank you for your processes of renewing our mind and for reshaping how to eradicate fear from our imagination and to partner our imagination with what you've promised and what you've said was possible in our lives, what your truth says, even if we've never seen it in our lives, even if we've never witnessed it, even if we have witnessed time after time, so many examples to support the fear that has invaded our imagination. You have provided a way for us to use this amazing imagination to actually create new pictures with you that we can meditate on, that we can hold to, that we can surround and protect and say, no, I, I did, I have decided that that is truth and that is what I will make my decisions on. I thank you for revealing to us today that we've been doing this process all along, only we've been using the pictures that the enemy planted and the the enemy has given and thrown across our path. And we've made our decisions from those images instead of the images that you have that we could imagine with your truth. So thank you once again for our powerful, powerful imagination and and making it available to us to even even in the process of renewing our minds. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are so eager to partner with each person in this process. And we thank you that you always find a way to make it practical for us and that you're so excited to partner with us. And you don't care how long it takes because you love the journey with us. So we just say we love you today. We say yes and amen to your word in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life Okay. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com. Okay